Hi, welcome to episode 26 of Global Exchanges, a podcast about foreign exchange markets and related issues. I'm Greg Anderson. In this week's episode, my co-host Stephen Gallo and I will be talking about this week's rally in Dollar Canada above 127 and the evolution of the key fundamentals that tend to drive this exchange rate. The title for this episode is 2021's Full Circle in Dollar Canada. Hi, I'm Stephen Gallo, a London-based FX strategist. Welcome to Global Exchanges, presented by BMO Capital Markets. Hi, I'm Greg Anderson, a New York-based FX strategist. I'm Stephen's co-host. In each weekly podcast like today's, we discuss our perspectives on the global economy and the foreign exchange market. We also bring in guests from the FX industry and from related financial markets, like commodities. We strive to make this show as interactive as possible, so don't hesitate to reach out by going to bmocm.com slash global exchanges. Thanks for joining us. The views expressed here are those of the participants and not those of BMO Capital Markets, its affiliates or subsidiaries. Okay, for the record, it's November 23rd, 2021. Welcome to episode 26 of Global Exchanges. Full circle is right, Greg. Dollar Canada closed 2020 at 127.14, and we're trading almost exactly at that level now as we start recording episode 26. I think it's important to remind listeners, though, that we spent most of the year below the 127 handle, the year-to-date average for Dollar Canada is uh, about 125. Now, we spent all of last week's podcast, Greg, talking about the euro. So this is the real, real hot seat for you. Take us through the themes of 2021 and tell us how we ended up here. Stephen, even with very little movement in Dollar Canada this year, uh, and basically it's a nine big figure range, uh, we'll call it 120 to 129 for the entire year. There's still a million things to talk about, but to keep this podcast short, I want to just focus on the three traditional factors for Dollar Canada, and that's uh, oil, Bank of Canada policy, and then the movement of the so-called big dollar or uh, U.S. dollar index. So um, let's start with oil, since it's Canada's number one export and is traditionally highly correlated with Dollar Canada. Last year's average for WCS grade crude was $28 a barrel. We were at 33 on New Year's Eve of 2020. In a succession of three waves, we have seen a tremendous rally in in WCS in 2021. We're now at $58 a barrel. We've been as high as 68. So we're up, let's call it 75% year to date. And uh, the average for 2021 thus far is, is... uh, you know, rounded fifty to four dollars a barrel. So basically, the average price of oil has doubled in twenty twenty one relative to uh, twenty twenty. With that, Canada has run monthly trade surpluses in seven of the nine months that we have data for thus far, and it looks like Canada will run a full year current account surplus of about a half a percent of GDP. And if so, it would be Canada's first current account surplus since 2008. So I'll I'll summarize by saying this oil theme has been a huge positive for the loonie, or at least it should have been. 
Okay, now this is something I find intriguing, Greg. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think our proprietary short-term fair value model for Dollar Canada has once had oil as its number one driver all year long. But yet it feels as if we focused on oil so much this year because of the scope of the rally in crude. So with that in mind, can you tell us how we should visualize or quantify the impact that oil has had on Dollar Canada this year? Good point about the model, Stephen. The model looks at a variety of financial prices and evaluates their correlations with Dollar Canada. And as you noted, not once has oil had the highest rolling three-month correlation with Dollar Canada out of the model's 12 factors. There have been several three- to six-week interludes where Dollar Canada tracked oil closely, but then the relationship fizzled out. Here's a little fun fact. The uh, simple correlation of Dollar Canada with WTI-grade crude this year is at uh, minus 0.34. Um, and that, that correlation should be a negative, by the way. For the WCS grade, it's minus 0.28. Uh, and that's close enough, I you know, same thing. However, uh, the correlation with Dollar Canada and copper is minus 0.75. So, you know, more than twice as tight of a correlation. And we're talking about copper, which is a much less important export price for Canada. So, yeah, um, based on that, the oil theme hasn't seemed to matter all that much in 2021. But I will say this, where the loonie is flat against the dollar this year, Aussie's down 6% and Kiwi is down 3%. I think that if the oil rally hadn't happened, the loonie would be down somewhere in the middle. So let's call it four to five percent. So, you know, I'll admit if you if you would have told me a year ago that we'd see an oil rally this strong, I would have said, okay, that's going to push Dollar Canada below one twenty, and that didn't happen. However, what what I think has happened is uh, if there hadn't been an oil rally, Dollar Canada probably would have gone to one thirty five, uh, and it did not, as as it would have otherwise. Okay, Greg, so we've got one of your three key factors nailed down. We've covered, or you've covered, the oil price, which has rallied this year and impacted the Canadian dollar positively with support to the balance of payments. What about the impact of the Bank of Canada? Take us through that. The Bank of Canada made its first taper increment a year ago. But as we entered 2021, it wasn't clear if the bank would continue to taper, particularly if the Fed didn't. And the outlook for the first rate hike was that it probably wouldn't happen until 2023. There was actually a possibility of a so-called micro-cut priced into the front end of the curve, and the CAD-denominated two-year swap rate was at uh, 0.50%, 50 basis points, uh, at the start of this year. Since then, we've seen what I would call a remarkably swift evolution of Bank of Canada policy. First, the bank tapered further in April when that wasn't really expected. Then it tapered again in July and then ended its bond purchase program completely in October. The market began pricing in rate hikes and Macklem hasn't pushed back. Now we've got a First Bank of Canada rate hike priced in for March of 2022 in a two-year swap rate of uh, 1.62%, so uh, call it up 112 basis points year to date. Uh, and, and that compares to a U.S. dollar-denominated two-year swap rate that has risen only 67 basis points year-to-date. 
So uh, in, in other words, the two-year interest rate differential has moved about 45 basis points in CAD's favor uh, this year. So I, I would just summarize the year in, you know, in terms of the monetary policy fundamental by saying that we've seen an evolution of Bank of Canada policy that has been remarkably CAD bullish in 2021. Okay, now this has the potential, Greg, to be the key question of the podcast. Why isn't the CAD bullish monetary policy fundamental showing up in the price of CAD? As you might imagine, Stephen, I get this question from clients a lot. Here's, here's what I've learned to say. The Bank of Canada monetary fundamental is showing up in the price of CAD on crosses. So CAD is up 10% this year against the Japanese yen. It's up 8% against the euro. Obviously, those countries are, are oil importers. CAD is up 6% against key trade partner and fellow oil exporter currency, Max Peso, uh, and where rate bikes have already begun, by the way. CAD is also up 6% against gold year to date. So I'm going to say this positive evolution in the monetary fundamental is showing up in the relative price of the loading. It's just not showing up in the most common measure, which is against the greenback. Okay, Greg, so the dollar is king. Let's talk about the third fundamental factor you mentioned at the outset, the big dollar. And to keep things simple, we'll reference the Bloomberg dollar index or the BBDXY. That has a plus 5.8% return year to date. What's your story for this? Stephen, if you're asking for my story on why the dollar has appreciated so much in 2021 and coming in, in a year when sentiment was so bearish late last year and at the start of this year, that's such a long discussion that it would take up a whole another podcast. In fact, let's plan on doing a podcast about that over the next few weeks. Um, as it relates to Dollar Canada, let, let me just say this, and it, it's my key point. When the dollar index is flat or flattish and, you know, so momentum over the, let's say, a 12-month period is less than 5% up or down, then it doesn't get in the way of Canadian fundamentals such as uh, monetary policy and oil. But when you have substantial dollar momentum, which, again, I'll define as more than plus or minus 5% in a rolling 12-month period, then uh, all of a sudden that overrides everything. And in fact, on a rolling 12-month period now, we're, we're past plus 5% for the USD. The dollar is king, as you said. And so with that, these other fundamentals uh, have so somewhat been uh, washed to the side. I would just say, you know, the loonie by holding flat against the dollar has in fact uh, appreciated in, in trade-weighted terms and uh, and substantially along some key axes. It's not completely alone. Uh, so the RMB has been there with it too, for example. But I'll call it a win for the loonie for the calendar year of 2021. Let's just park it there and leave the U.S. dollar outlook for a forthcoming podcast over the next week or two or three. That sounds good, Greg. The outperformance of the RMB, uh, as you mentioned, both relative to G10 currencies and within the, uh, the Asian space, 
is one of the most important features of the FX market this year, in my opinion. And as you said, we should be looking at that in a bit more detail over the coming weeks. Let's wrap things up here for episode 26. Until next time, and thank you for listening. Thanks for listening to Global Exchanges. Listen to past episodes and find transcripts at bmocm.com slash global exchanges. We'd love to hear what you thought of today's episode. You can send us an email or reach out to us on Bloomberg. You can listen to this show and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast provider. This show and resources are supported by our team here at BMO, including the FIC Macro Strategy Group and BMO's marketing team. This show is produced and edited by Puddle Creative. This podcast has been prepared with the assistance of employees of Bank of Montreal, BMO Nesbitt Burns Incorporated, and BMO Capital Markets Corporation. Together, BMO, who are involved in fixed income and foreign exchange sales and marketing efforts. Accordingly, it should be considered to be a product of the fixed income and foreign exchange businesses generally, and not a research report that reflects the views of disinterested research analysts. Notwithstanding the foregoing, this podcast should not be construed as an offer or the solicitation of an offer to sell or to buy or subscribe for any particular product or services, including, without limitation, any commodities, securities, or other financial instruments. We are not soliciting any specific action based on this podcast. It is for the general information of our clients. It does not constitute a recommendation or a suggestion that any investment or strategy referenced herein may be suitable for you. It does not take into account the particular investment objectives, financial conditions, or needs of individual clients. Nothing in this podcast constitutes investment, legal, accounting, or tax advice, or a representation that any investment or strategy is suitable or appropriate to your unique circumstances, or otherwise constitutes an opinion or a recommendation to you. BMO is not providing advice regarding the value or advisability of trading in commodity interests, including futures contracts and commodity options, or any other activity which would cause BMO or any of its affiliates to be considered a commodity trading advisor under the U.S. Commodity Exchange Act. BMO is not undertaking to act as a swap advisor to you or in your best interests in you, to the extent applicable, will rely solely on advice from your qualified independent representative in making hedging or trading decisions. This podcast is not to be relied upon in substitution for the exercise of independent judgment. You should conduct your own independent analysis of the matters referred to herein, together with your qualified independent representative, if applicable. BMO assumes no responsibility for verification of the information in this podcast. No representation or warranty is made as to the accuracy or completeness of such information, and BMO accepts no liability whatsoever for any loss arising from any use of or reliance on this podcast. BMO assumes no obligation to correct or update this podcast. This podcast does not contain all information that may be required to evaluate any transaction or matter, and information may be available to BMO and or its affiliates that is not reflected herein. BMO and its affiliates may have positions, long or short, and affect transactions or make markets in securities mentioned herein, or provide advice or loans to, or participate in the underwriting or restructuring of the obligations of issuers and companies mentioned herein. Moreover, BMO's trading desks may have acted on the basis of the information in this podcast. For further information, please go to bmocm.com slash macrohorizons slash legal.